0: Isaac, <laughs> Isaac's a bird again today. <laughs> <laughs> on, oh, Sorry, Casey. I just had to get out of my anamorphs
1: mode.
0: <laughs> he, but, he literally uh, anamorphed right in, on the couch, right in front of God and everybody here. Let's
1: just say this Christmas got a little crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in kind of a quirky young adult novel kind of way. <laughs> I found out I had freaking bird powers. <laughs> yeah, I
0: was about to say. And you- I, <laughs> I turned into a bird. <laughs> She <laughs> you had weird, vague powers as a teenager, and you used them to save the, the woman crush of your dreams. You knew I gotta save her, but also I was
1: flying around, as birds do. Right. So, I guess you could say it was a pretty magical Christmas. What about you, man? How man, was your Christmas? My
0: Christmas was pretty good. I got some... Uh, I got some good stuff for Chris. I got some good movie film stuff. uh, Movie film? Movie film stuff that we can maybe go over here. We got a loaded episode today because, as everybody knows, we took a hiatus. And me and Isaac were just discussing that we had nobody to tell our opinions to for like a whole week or two. So uh, it hurts my opinion. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be heard. Mine does too. I understand. My
1: letterbox isn't good enough. No, nobody reads
0: my letterbox except for like. Our like our loyal followers like Saxon and Sam and uh, I do like when Nick. they read it. You know, yeah, like when you're right. on
1: there, I'm like, oh, that fuckers up anyway. For, <laughs> yeah. for some reason, I feel like chosen whenever they, you know, I'm okay. like Saxon Whitehead liked your review. I'm like, my God, the publisher of DoctorPopcorn.com <laughs> right. liked my review in my- the Sunday paper. <laughs> lordy, Lordy, Lordy,
0: Lordy. <laughs>
1: um, no, yeah, I I, I do want to hear about like a so much, I I really am so curious to pick your mind about a couple of movies anyway. Yeah, me um, too, me too. But I do want to hear what you got for Christmas cuz I was just telling you I didn't get any fucking
0: I didn't get any movies this year. <laughs> I hate
1: this Christmas.
0: <laughs> I got a I added to my Criterion collection uh this this Christmas and I've got I got um Yojimbo, yes. uh, Kira Kurosawa's film which is amazing um, choice oh yeah and then I got um two movies that I actually haven't seen yet but I decided to get them on Criterion because I knew I would probably love them and one is Bong Joon-ho's uh Memories of Murder I need to see that it looks so good and I need to see it and so I grabbed I snatched that one because the cover art for that one on Criterion is fucking amazing it's it's just a. It's beautiful. I don't know if you've seen the cover art. Yeah, with the two guys like at the bar. No, uh, wait, no, it's mind. the it's the one with them. That's the regular version. The oh, Criterion okay. release is like this painting of like grass, and there's this like human hand like laying there, like it's a like, dead person. I don't know. It looks oh, really shit. gorgeous. Okay. Um, and then the next one I got is a nineteen. It's a pre code nineteen thirties film. One of the only. Um, basically, she was like the biggest. Um, I w- I'm not going to say she she wasn't the only woman director of the '30s, but she was the most prominent and the most notable, uh, and she was the one that was basically getting the most shit done um, in terms of like the feminist movie. And she made a film called "Merrily We Go to Hell." Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> that and uh, lovely. it's about it's a pre-code film, and it's about um, these two uh, this unhappily married couple that decides to uh, be in an open relationship uh-huh. uh and it's yeah and like for the 30s for the 30s that sounds crazy i know right and I, i'm really excited uh to watch that one and it had a, it had a, it came with a really cool uh bonus features and an essay that i'm excited to read so um and then the last one i got um uh was portrait of a lady on fire uh which i am fucking love that movie i'm so excited to dive into the bonus features i today. still need to see it yeah dude come on let's I, go i feel like such a fool nah
1: yeah my only my only criterion movies that i like i own the disc is um eraser and the fisher king which is kind of a weird pair of movies and yeah. it's not because i love them more than other movies. <laughs> right i do love them they're pretty mm-hmm. great but like uh I just I bought them from Entertainment Mart kind of randomly because yeah. I hadn't seen them. Yeah, you know, right. That was, that was my only thinking behind it. it it's a shame because a lot of my favorite movies I do have to end up renting a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, because I'm just and now I feel so foolish because <laughs> you know that's the whole point of renting is like you do it enough times you pay more for it than you would buying the movie anyway.
0: Right. But I've definitely <laughs> well, done that. Oh I God. mean, Criterion's are I'm not gonna like Criterion's are expensive. Yeah. Like, I, I'm aren't. not scolding anybody for not buying Criterion or not having any Criterion. It's just, like... It's just so beautiful. It is. It is. And it's really... It's something cool to have. And if you can... I, I hardly buy Criterions. I only... I did a Criterion haul when I went to Florida because I had money to burn. It was a vacation. Mm. I said, fuck it. I'm going to start my Criterion collection. And then that was the last time I bought one. And the these four I got was for Christmas. So, I mean, I mean, shit. Buy them whenever you can though, and make sure the ones you want, <laughs> right? Because so many titles that I want to have, but they're they're they're
1: expensive. I okay, I'm gonna say something that might sound mean, so I want to preface it with I love the Criterion Collection, and I love that it like collects, you know, some of these like underground voices that people might not otherwise hear, mm-hmm. and, like, and know, restores it restores. It. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean great. Yeah. But sometimes I do feel like it is the, like, Supreme or Gucci elitist, of, like, yeah. film. Like, you just smacked, like, a little label on there and got an artist to draw something, like, abstract <laughs> from the movie. Like, so many of the Criterion Collection films are just, like, shitty drawing of
0: subjects. right. From... right. <laughs> Hold on. Like, let me get Fisher King real quick. Some of their covers do not slap, I will admit. Like, excuse me. This is just like a five year old's (laughs) drawing of a cup.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, this one especially.
0: (laughs) That's probably the worst one I've fucking seen. It's got the little hands down there. I'm going to drop a picture of this. Like, YouTube audience.
1: This is a beautiful movie (laughs) with Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams giving performances of a fucking lifetime. And this is what we picked (laughs) to represent it. 50 bucks. I'm so glad it was exactly what I remembered it being Because I was so worried it was going to be like normal (laughs) Like, oh god, something that actually represents what the movie might be about (laughs) That's funny though Oh my gosh No, but I do love Criterion
0: Oh yeah, Criterion, Hmm. they are great Um, I did get one other thing that's worth mentioning that I thought was so cool Uh, My girlfriend found these um, VHS tapes Yeah Um of like classic movies and they don't have the the film is taken out of the cassette and it's replaced with led lights and they're uh they run on batteries so you don't there's no wires to them and so you can display them but she got me um psycho hitchcock psycho and the leds are red Um, and then she got rosemary's baby uh and she got trimmers which i'm super (laughs) excited about and then she got me um what was the Oh, Gremlins! She got me Gremlins and those like mm. light up blue. Those are really cool. I can't wait to display those in my office. So that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. What uh what what stuff did you get? What movie film?
1: Uh movie film wise, I mostly got like um a lot of Star Wars stuff. Let's uh, go. Kennedy's family was very cool, uh, and very generous. Uh they got me they got me a lot of like Star Wars t shirts, mm-hmm. uh, uh some pretty oh my god the most incredible thing a leather bound game of like song of ice and fire yeah set yes. and i i mean i feel like such an idiot because i just bought dance of dragons on paper dance with dragons on oh, paperback yes. the other day <laughs> yeah. but now i have this like beautiful like leather bound mm-hmm. version so i'm like i'll just never take that out of the sleeve you know <laughs> right, i'll just right. only read this copy so i don't besmirch the <laughs> other one <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's awesome uh And, um, my cousins, uh, they got me, this isn't really a Christmas movie. It was just a movie that one year we got obsessed with for some Mm -hmm. reason around Christmas. It's called Gentleman Broncos and it is from the director of Napoleon Dynamite and, um, Nacho Libre. Mm -hmm. So it's like very much in that vein of Mm -hmm. humor. Um, and I don't know, at the time it was the funniest fucking movie we'd ever watched and we (laughs) loved it for years and years and they got me a little, um red bubble sticker with a quote from the movie it's like it's a friendship stone let's blow on it (laughs) sam (laughs) rockwell is in it and he gives a really fucking good performance he's very silly i don't know i haven't seen it in a long time so i'm 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 gonna keep this illusion of it in my head
0: right right until i'm faced with reality dude red red bubble stickers are always goaded like Mm -hmm. those are so cool
1: that was what my old laptop used to be covered with. Same. Just like red bubble
0: stickers. I <clears throat> had a bunch of New Vegas stickers on there. Nice. And I had a, a, a Christopher Nolan one that was like in the Supreme logo and it was over his eyes and it just said Nolan. and <laughs> It was cool. <laughs> but yeah.
1: I think I just... Well, my main one was the four South Park cats because at oh, the yeah. time I was watching all of South Park and I was like, I
0: want, it. I want
1: a sticker. I want a sticker. <laughs> but I fucked it up. Like you're supposed to put them... So they're, like, in a line. Right. But I kind of, like, did it all, like, angly. But people thought I did it on purpose. They were like, oh, yeah, that's totally, like, the crude style of the show. Like, the animation. I was like, oh, yeah. I did that (laughs) with that in mind. That was definitely on purpose. Hey, speaking of on purpose, did you... um? Did you well, over the holidays? You know, it's a great time to watch film. Right. Did you on purpose, like turn on a movie? <laughs> I uh,
0: I did on purpose, on purposely, on, uh, purposely. Yes, um, I watched several, but I'm just gonna, you know, kind of like how I do when I watch a shit ton of movies. I'm just gonna kind of glance. Uh, there we go. Casey's you a,
1: giving you the the uh, sparks notes. So yeah,
0: I'm gonna give you the sparks notes, especially because every uh, now I don't do it every Christmas, but I like. I'd like to try and do it every Christmas is, uh, the Harry Potter films. Oh yeah. They, they have such a vibe of Christmas time for me. Um, and they're really special to me. And so we, we sat down and we binged them all in two days. Holy fuck. Um, Oh yeah. It was definitely an experience. Um, some brief, brief notes, obviously not going every single one of them. Um, my main takeaway rewatching, they're still great. Um, the specifically the last two parts of Harry, of the Deathly Hollows. I, they're a little shakier than I remember them, but mm. still overall um, good. What are you looking for?
1: Oh, I'm just looking at the ratings of each one. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, one thing I can say is that um, David Yates uh, completely neutered uh, everything artistically fun or visually pleasing about, oh, the, about the Harry Potter movies. Um, because there's a specific style uh, when Columbus is on, and listen, Columbus, Chris Columbus is not a bad director, okay, at all. Like, he's, there's a style, and there's an aesthetic to his Harry Potter films that I think is lovely for at least the first two. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the third one with Alfonso Cuaron, and as you know, my I hate that man. No, I don't hate him, I don't hate him, but... You just have such a shit take. I know. Though. There are very few movies of his I like, however, Prisoner of Azkaban he hits it right on the mark it, it's his style is obviously there the cinematography is way better than it has any right to be bussin. um it's busting, and prison of azkaban <laughs> just being you know a great story um but then after that man they all just become um kind of like how the mcu became after their first five films they it's all the same now it's like a, it's like a very long-running television show and they obviously Warner brothers like that so they brought him on to do fantastic beasts and i just think that's appalling because those look the same as the last five entries in the harry potter series but yeah they're still enjoyable the harry potter franchise is is amazing obviously Um, i
1: i feel like you're right like it got to a certain point in the harry potter series where they like the practical effects mm -hmm. and like the very strict adaptation kind of like died out, and, like, the movies got, like, very CGI-heavy. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm thinking of uh, of Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, especially with, like, those fucking shitty CGI, like, Santars and stuff. Yeah, um, they
0: were not good. They it, went all out for the dragon, though, in Goblet yeah. of Fire, but... <laughs> but all the color went away, too. Yes. Yeah, like... The, especially in um, Half-Blood Prince.
1: My God, yeah, that movie is so dark and it doesn't really need to be like, that's something I definitely enjoyed about reading the books is like, you can feel like a lot more like light in your head. And that's the thing is like, even though, a lot of the story gets darker in the later installments of Harry Potter. You don't right. literally have to, like, get dull the color palette. Like, that's so fucking silly. Yeah, I I don't get it. But people have definitely gone, like, apeshit over that. They've been like, oh my god, that's so deep. they yeah. changed the color to be darker in the end. <laughs> There's that color. Wh- have you seen that? It was like a Tumblr post back in the day. It was like... Uh, every frame from the Harry Potter series and like when it starts it's like very bright and like red Mm -hmm. and then it just gets to black by like uh, Deathly Hallows and people were reblogging it all the time and being like that's so deep Yeah,
0: they planned that (laughs) Uh... I mean like you can do that but they went way overboard especially with Half-Blood Prince because Half-Blood Prince gets a lot of shit but it's one of my favorites um, because like it is kind of weaker but I won't get on a tangent here, but let just just say the color ruins a lot of that movie f- for for me, and probably a lot of other people because it's so fucking bad. Um, but yeah, we we watched that, and then uh, I did a double bill of the Venom movies, and mm. um, I have nothing to say about that garbage shit. I'm done.
1: The uh, not even about the post credit sequence of Venom. Let there be carnage.
0: No. No, dude. What? What? What the hell do people see in these movies? They're not even that fun. Like, I can't get past the editing. How atrocious it is! And honestly, Tom Hardy, who the fuck is directing him? Like, what are they saying to him going into scenes? He is not playing this like how anybody else. I I don't know. It's just weird. It just doesn't feel right. I didn't like him. I don't see what everybody likes about him. Tom Hardy is fun, or not Tom Hardy. Uh, Woody Harrelson is fun. Mm -hmm. That's about it. I'm consistently surprised to hear people say they like
1: it because it looks like the most, like, corporate, like, manufactured bullshit. Like, it looks pretty stale and flavorless. And, like, Tom Hardy looks, like, fucking awful in it. Like, I remember when the first movie was coming out, like, my friends at the time and I, like, made fun of, like, how terrible, like, his lines were, I feel a little thick.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bro, he looks like he's on the... Edge of death, like, throughout the entire two films so far. It's like, I gotta do it for my paycheck. <laughs> my month the year. He, he definitely feels like he is phoning this shit in. I, anyway. <laughs> that's The other two films, I, I have one more film uh, that I watched, but we can talk about that in a second. I want to hear what you, because there's two that obviously are the main topic of today, but yeah. I want to hear what you've watched.
1: Well, I, I I started this uh this period right. I rewatched The Matrix, um, which is mm-hmm. still f- fucking flawless. It. I, I fucking love that movie so yeah. much. Kennedy didn't love it. That made me kind of sad. I was <laughs> showing it. I was showing it to her for the first time. Just never really like clicked for her. Mm-hmm. And I found out a lot of people feel this way about The Matrix. Like, you know, they can recognize it might have been groundbreaking at the time, mm-hmm. but they feel like the story arc of like the Chosen One. And, like, how one-dimensional some of the characters feel. And, like, how kind of wooden the romance is. Yeah. And, like, I see all of that. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a splendid movie. It's one of the first movies, like, as a kid that, like... En- engaged with me Like in an interesting conversation Brought like a lot of concepts that kids Might not normally think about I know it's not for kids but like yeah, As right. a kid I loved that shit yeah, I was yeah. like
0: this is so cool I de- It was definitely a, a mind blowing movie for me I definitely mm. remember watching it and, and not knowing anything about the Matrix I went in completely blind Which is awesome And then seeing the reveal you know Of like just yeah. how it played out I was like bruh this is bruh. bruh yeah just bruh <laughs> so, yeah it's like it's not like i don't think it's like a masterpiece or anything like i obviously have problems with it but at the same time i'm very willing to look over that for bullet time and yeah. those effects and the action it's amazing yeah. the
1: action in the first matrix i mean anyone who says it's bad is stupid it's, like, it's absolutely dumb as fuck. it's <laughs> so well choreographed yes. it's so fucking like i mean like even today you can still see it's groundbreaking like there's no way like there's no way that you're watching the movie in real time and watching neo dodge bullets and you're not thinking like holy fuck yeah yeah, right this changed the game like clearly this was the shit because it's in everything now yeah the matrix is the reason we have Matrix is the blueprint (laughs) yeah it it, i mean honestly it's a prototype superhero movie in my eyes too like it, it, it was like, hey, people don't think it's silly when someone becomes like really overpowered like that. Like mm-hmm. superhero personal power narratives can succeed on the big screen. I think The Matrix is kind of directly responsible for a lot of the Marvel like blockbusters we see today, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, for sure, it's not done as well mm-mm, these concepts mm-mm. outside of The Matrix, but I think uh, yeah. I think this is clearly the blueprint. Um, I love The Matrix. I oh, love yeah. the first one. Uh, not going to talk about the sequels right right watch die hard i'm not going to say anything about it it's still goaded you still got to catch it every christmas for sure Mm -hmm. for sure i um i have no problems with that movie uh i i just uh want to quote my favorite part now from alan rickman pretending to be an american oh god please please don't kill me oh god
0: please
1: (laughs) you're one of them aren't you That's Professor Snape. Good for old those Alan Rickman. Who uh, haven't seen Die Hard before? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched. I went on a bit of an Edgar Wright's catch up because I'm. I'm like this dude is one of my favorite directors. I haven't watched either of the films he put out this year. And oh, da, yeah, da, well, I mean, Sparks Brothers is on Netflix now, so I caught that. Right. I really fucking liked. You it was, liked it? Yeah, because like it was way more energetic than like most music yeah. documentaries are and was, like go 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 yeah and like it was interesting it mm-hmm. was consistently interesting they the people that they got weren't just like famous names who were just there because you know they might say something tangentially related mm-hmm. like these were all fans like mm-hmm. very clearly people who like understood the band and their movements and all their complexities I mean they do obviously have those big name drops still they're like oh, Jason Schwartzman listens to fucking sparks look at him he's here um i don't care though it's really great it's really well edited i liked it a lot um just a little bit long was all yeah
0: i I will say uh, i definitely felt the runtime checked my watch a couple times there was a dead spot in there for me for about 20 minutes where i was like because it it has a format that it follows right it's detailing all the albums basically and it just hit the spot for me where i realized i was like okay We're just going to run through all these albums. And there was a few that were not as interesting to me. But for the most part, like for that first, at least the first hour and 20 minutes, it was like, holy shit. Like this is wildly entertaining and Mm -hmm. very informative. Like they really did all the, I mean, they actually had the Sparks Brothers there um, to talk about all this. And it was really interesting hearing from them and their evolution and stuff. But by the end, you know, I came away like a bit long, but still enjoyable. Very enjoyable.
1: Also, did you have any idea they had anything to do with Annette until you watched the movie? No, Cause, didn't. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> yeah, right. And I've been, I've been wanting to catch Annette. I, I, I still am kind of sad I haven't seen it yet. But now I, I extra. <sighs> oh yeah, see
0: it. no. So that kind of maybe seeing knowing that the Sparks were involved with it, I was like, okay, well, I definitely want to catch it now. Uh, but then I saw a scene uh, from the the actor who plays Howard in The Big Bang Theory. There was a scene from that movie uh, put on Twitter and they were like, uh, I forget the actors, his actual name. I just know him. that's Howard from Big Bang. But um, they were like, this should get Oscar buzz. And I just watched this one like two minute scene. Fucking amazing. I am really? actually pumped to watch Annette now. Yes, it was. It was amazing. And it was an amazing scene. Oh, gosh. Like, okay. I don't even want to tell you like what it was about because I was like. I I need to experience this whole movie. I feel like I'm really gonna like it, so yeah, I'm excited wow. to watch it now.
1: Okay, I, I I've heard good things. Well, I've either heard really bad or I have heard this is great. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I have not heard middle ground, mm, and no. that always excites me. When yeah, approaching same. a movie, but it's very polarizing. I think right. that's gonna. It's going to apply to one of our big subjects today. I don't think it's going to really apply to the other. Right. Um, We're such teases. What could it be? It's probably not even in the episode title what we're going (laughs) to talk about. (laughs) i will purposely not. I know (laughs) know that your, like, fucking (laughs) clickbaity headline's going to have it. Um, Never mind. It's not clickbaity. I'm so sorry, baby. No, it's okay. We got to get them views. We got to get them views. We got to... Papa got to collect. Um...
0: <laughs> I'm gonna collect. Can that, we put that on a shirt. You sure can.
1: You can sell it. Let's go, uh, Sam.
0: <laughs> Sam, you're listening.
1: This is our get rich quick scheme. Yeah. Um, shit. What was I gonna say? Oh, and speaking of music documentaries that are really long, I also finally finished Get Back, which is the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Over eight hours. Um, Holy shit! You better be a Beatles fan. <laughs> <I'll say that. laughs> you better really like the Beatles. <laughs> right. I'm a pretty big Beatles fan. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm a big enough fan to watch this movie with my full attention the right, whole time. Right. But it is so fucking cool to just watch these dudes hanging out and talking and then just casually write like one of the most famous songs <laughs> ever right. made. It's just like, oh. Paul McCartney and I'm just fucking around and suddenly I've written Get Back. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> One yeah. One of the
1: greatest songs known to man.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh shit, okay. Uh, I will say I'm not like the biggest Beatles fan. That is mainly because I haven't dived into their discography like a lot of other people have but I will say Two of my favorite all-time songs are from the Beatles, and that's Yesterday and um, Yellow Submarine. Nice. I love those songs so much. <laughs>
1: oh, you you have a good appreciation for the Ringo stuff. Oh, yeah. If yeah, people bash Yellow Submarine and Octopus's Garden, you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> Literally. They are pure and childlike I and know. wondrous.
0: <laughs> They're goaded, bro. We, we all live, live in the- a copyrighted world.
1: <laughs> fuck YouTube. Yeah, and our mousy mouse overlord, Mr. <laughs> Disney's. Disney's nuts. Disney's nuts. <laughs> that was stupid. I'm so sorry, I don't have my letter boxed open. I don't like to know what I watched. Uh, yes, I was talking about Edgar Wright, and I wanted uh, yes. to mention that I, I watched one of my favorite movies of the year now. Fuck. Uh, last Night in Soho. Okay. I hadn't caught it, and I now I feel stupid, because I knew it was going to be something I liked. It's mm-hmm. just... This was one that was weirdly polarizing, too. I've noticed. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of people I respect saying they don't really like it a lot, and Love. that it's muddled and all this. And, yeah, I mean, some of it's kind of muddy, but, like, it's so fucking entertaining, and I can't look away, and I'm still thinking about it, especially the visuals in this movie like and i know you don't like the movie but like they steal all the right nods from perfect blue you know like Mm -hmm. cool ass like mirror shit like um and it's just um, incredibly performed thomason mckenzie is a name to watch out for for sure like because jojo rabbit is her performance in that is amazing Mm -hmm. but like she does it again in this movie and i i just I see great things for her. Anya mm-hmm. Taylor Joy, though, I mean, we, are, we all know. We all know. But she's just fucking amazing yeah. and she can do anything. And yeah, she did it. Matt, <laughs> I love Matt Smith, too. Oh, he's, my God, he's, yeah. he's kind of fun, especially in this movie. He's fun. I, um, Terrence Stamp is in it. He's really good. He's having a lot of fun. Uh, his role, uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you just watch the movie. Yeah, I, it's
0: the next one I'm going to watch. This
1: standout to me, though, is Diana Rigg, who is Olena Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Right. She is so fucking badass. I love her so much, and she's in this movie. And Dope. Lo- goaded for sure. She's goaded. Whoa. Well, um, great.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Thomas and McKenzie, and speaking of polarizing films, Whoa. the last film I'll talk about uh, tonight... Ever, not kidding. Oh. Um, I finally caught a movie that I've been wanting to see since it came out, but for some fucking reason I had not watched it yet. I watched Old. Oh yeah, you and you're a big Shyamalan guy. I am a big Shyamalan guy, and let me tell you, oh I'm in the camp of old is good. I, woo! I woo, yeah, it's official. No, I, I fucking loved it. Like. Shyamalan is so fucking weird You know the rule about show Not tell in your like screenplays And in movies you always want to Visually show something Because film is a visual format That's like the basic fucking principle Shyamalan does this thing where he shows and tells So there's like that moment Where she uh, cuts, Censored because like an idiot Casey spoils the fucking movie uh,
1: I hope I like it I, yeah. I I I'm uh I got a sticker for Kennedy from Super Yaki for Christmas and it says uh I liked M Night Shyamalan's The Village because we watched it and it <laughs> yeah. was like surprisingly good yeah. and they have this this website seriously has that sticker that says that I thought that was so funny it's not an ad for that website I did also from that same website get her a shirt that said G is for Gerwig I think that's pretty neat
0: uh, oh shit okay like, yeah for Greta Gerwig. I was like Gerwig what the hell oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah that's dope.
1: Um, I'll yeah. have to get me One of those stickers For
0: old <laughs>
1: <laughs> That is dope Yeah for sure I liked M. Night Shyamalan's Old My friend Isabel Liked uh, Excuse me Old as well Um, It's a fun time What Oh here's What else I watched I watched Pig And this is oh. the last one Before we get into The big movie For sure And uh, I really liked pig yeah i i like that it's like kind of a deconstruction of like revenge films Mm -hmm. like especially john wick like yeah yeah i know that's like the easy comparison but it does seem kind of modeled on that Mm -hmm. like structure specifically like with the animal companion and everything Mm -hmm. um love how like personal it is Mm -hmm. love nick cage love alex wolf um Love the dad actor. I don't know his name, but okay, he yeah, really he was, was fucking good. He was amazing. Um, yeah, loved him. Uh, yeah, just like really entertaining. Didn't know where it was going at any point. Like Same. for real, he was just like taking this kid around places. And I'm like, I can't tell if he was a chef or like a hired <laughs> gun or like <laughs> yeah, yeah. What?
0: Um, Go into this movie cold. If you've yeah. not seen Pig yet, do not watch even a fucking trailer. Just, just watch it.
1: Like, there are some pretty surprising turns. Like, mm-hmm. I will just say this. If you are someone who needs, like, an ending that, like, uh, is deeply satisfying, like, you're, you're gonna fucking hate this movie. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, You know, it's, it's like, plot, plot points end in unsatisfying ways because it's not, you know, like, a fuck you to the audience or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, like how this would probably play out. I don't know. It yeah. always felt very logical yeah. as a turn in the story. And it, honestly, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think I like it more. Like, sorry, I said more so many times in that sentence, but I'm just, I'm feeling this like affection for the film mm-hmm. growing. I love when that happens. Like mm-hmm. when you walk away from something, you like it more. I, I was just thinking about this today. Once upon a time in Hollywood yeah, um, was that big film for me. Um, because I, I I'm thinking of that movie because Licorice Pizza is getting a lot of reviews yes. like it that it's like a hangout movie and right. I'm like hmm yeah. I wonder how that's gonna be how I'm gonna yeah. feel about it but yeah with Pig when I was watching it I was like I don't know if I see the five star hype I still don't know if I see that like I liked it a lot mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't love it you know but I am starting to appreciate aspects of it that I didn't think about and also oh my God I just thought about this aspect it's kind of um rooted in some greek myth stuff mm. like uh, orpheus and yeah, shit. yeah yeah and i thought that was cool like <clears throat> when i realized like oh my gosh there are a lot of parallels in that story right i'm a big sucker for like greek myth greek like myth. parallels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so those were the only notable movies that came out this december that i was thinking about so i think we should just probably call it here
0: Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. There was nothing. It definitely wasn't a movie that broke a billion bucks. This... Oh
1: shit! Look, that little Spider-Man Happy Meal toy. Oh shit! It made yeah. me think. Matrix Four. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Resurrections.
1: Now we should talk about Spider-Man first. You want I to talk think about spider I think okay. that'd be more interesting. So, okay. let's, let's do spoiler-free first. If that's okay. <laughs> okay, I don't okay. have many spoiler-free thoughts. I know. I I made notes for this <laughs> because there's not really much you can talk about right, right. without jumping into spoilers. But I wanted to keep my thoughts organized. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty satisfying trilogy capper. I agree. Yes. I, I agree. I 100% agree, actually. yeah. Loaded with fan service, but done mostly well in the service of the plot.
0: I agree. agree I would go as far as to not even call it fan service because it doesn't like it feels like it right but that's almost the wrong label because it's done so well I think Mm -hmm. Tom Holland
1: and Willem Dafoe really shine through and it is probably the best Tom Holland Spider-Man movie
0: Yes 100% agree Dafoe
1: steals the show though Why does this sound like an episode of Deal or No Deal Let's open briefcase
0: number five. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like it, though. Keep going.
1: Okay. With that said, it does not reach the previous heights of the Spider-Man franchise, and instead often relies on audiences to just remember those heights. Agreed. Also, yes. Well, we've kept it very fucking vague, but I (laughs) guess I would say that I liked the movie. Uh, a lot, a lot. I liked I the agree. movie a lot. I, I had like, a great time mm, with it. Mm-hmm. It. I don't know that it'll be on my top ten for the year, but mm-hmm. it will be an honorable mention if it right. is not on the top ten.
0: Yeah, I, I will say um, one other thought. It does for me. It does not feel like a typical MCU film of of what we've been getting. Agreed. It feels different, uh, and I think the screenplay is a lot fucking better than the screenplays we've been getting. Even with all the fan servicey stuff, it is incredible how actually, you know, good I thought the script turned out for this film and I was very very pleased watching it. Um, and yeah, I'll just say yeah, I really enjoyed it. This is the first Marvel
1: movie I've seen in a while that I've thought um, not like that I've thought Days after watching it, like I would enjoy a rewatch. Oh yeah! Like I did not feel that way about Black Widow or Shang Chi. Those were movies that, as I've spent more time away from them, they've grown worse in my mind. Yeah. Spider Man is one of those where a lot of the elements I liked have I've grown fonder of them in retrospect because it could have been so bad. Yeah. And the elements I didn't like, I realize you know, are kind of that unfortunate corporate. Marvel underside that was always going to be present in this movie, and that's kind of going to be disappointing going forward
0: still. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk spoilers. Yeah. Okay. If you do not want to hear spoiler talk of Spider-Man No Way Home, then skip to this timestamp to hear Matrix Resurrections talk.
1: 56 minutes and 18 seconds.
0: Okay, you have been warned. We're starting Spider-Man spoilers right now. Click away. Beep, boop. Uh oh, I don't
1: know if I should follow my notes because I feel like it jumps to the juiciest bits first. Well,
0: let's just go. No, it's
1: spoiler time, right? Yeah, it's spoiler time. Okay, so uh Andrew Garfield revisionism, can we hear <laughs> can about we that? Hear it? Uh I would fuck I was pleasantly surprised that Andrew Garfield was the the star of the show. Here. Yes, bro. Um, I couldn't say that in spoiler free time because it's like Damn, two of the movie's best. Per- well, honestly, really only one of the movie's best performances <laughs> is a secret. I mean, no shade to Tobey Maguire or anything, but he did not bring it like mm-hmm. Andrew Maguire did. No, he did like, not. He definitely looked more like uh, they dragged me out of bed to be here right. with like a really tasty paycheck.
0: Yeah, I mean, how, I mean, however, how, well, this could be you know corporate mumbo jumbo, but like Holland did say that Maguire was happy to be on set, which I I do believe that he was happy. Yeah. To be back there. But acting wise, Garfield seemed way, way more fucking it was like it was like a, a closure for him almost. Yeah. And it felt so good. He I was very surprised by how like um like energetic and just you know well received I was towards Andrew garfield's character in this movie like yeah because i remember just remember not liking those
1: movies same but i'm seeing that he wasn't the problem no you know no. he was never the problem He's and honestly spotter, i'm glad i saw Tick Tick boom before i saw this because oh, i yeah. was like oh my gosh my boy yeah, <laughs> right. yeah like i think of him a lot fonder now mm-hmm. than i did back then it's like robert pattinson you know Right, right he warmed up to me over the years it wasn't just twilight to batman he, you know, he earned yeah. my trust back. He's like, oh, I, I could do a good movie. Look, mm-hmm. Just let me prove it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was very happy about Andrew Garfield. And I just think all of the Spider-Men Spider-Man conversations are cute and funny. And also they nail the drama too. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun character playing around moments oh, yeah. there. Favorite,
0: um, favorite moment in the entire film that literally the only time I teared up Fucking when he saved MJ, yeah, when Garfield's character saved MJ. That was a perfect moment. It was not overdone. It was not understated. It was just it was perfect. It was perfect moment in that film, um, and I loved it. That was my favorite part. That
1: was that was pretty. Uh, that did feel like a moment that was definitely like oh this for the fans. Yeah, yeah. But it like was
0: definitely, it
1: makes sense. It does. I like it too. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. Like with all of the fan service you know in quotations with in this movie like i think most of it is just like really well done it's servicing the characters it services the characters yeah Yeah. like these characters being here never feels like it doesn't make sense and that it's just happening to be an event like Mm -hmm. it feels like this is a reasonable story that could drive Tom Holland's character to grow, and these characters make sense, and they interact with each other. That makes sense mm-hmm. for the most part. I feel like, um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna name names. Sandman and Lizard. I feel like those actors did not come back to set. Like it seems like they recorded all of their lines and had really like really bad visual effects team uh, doing, doing their work sure, for them. Yeah, yeah. like I. I was saying, like, oh, I do think that Thomas Hayden Church and the other guy get back. Because, like, you know, when they are are, are cured, um, mm-hmm. it shows their, like, normal human form. But, like, Jacob pointed out to me, like, uh, they, you know, it looked like it might have just been a CGI de yeah. again. Or, like, they had the actor's likeness. It did look weird. I yeah. I would admit, yeah. And they didn't linger long. on no. those guys. They were never, uh, you know, shown to be talking for too long. Yeah,
0: and even though that they were confirmed in the trailers, they weren't on the villains panel with all the stuff. Like it was mainly Molina, Defoe, and Fox, which is what we focus on the movie. So yeah, I doubt they came to set. They, uh, they felt forced.
1: Like really, like Sandman and Rep uh, and Lizard, pretty forced.
0: Yeah. And I will also say, Electro was not given much to do either. I mean, uh, I thought Jamie Foxx is ama- amazing as electro. I liked yeah. his performance, but yeah, I agree. He wasn't, didn't have a whole lot to do. Yeah, he drove some
1: conflict a little, but really, if anyone, if it was anyone's show, it was probably Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Like, he definitely had it. Um, and I, I just think you could have had three villains for three Spider-Man. I, I, I just feel like these Spider-Man movies really have the wrong mentality of needing to one-up each other like oh spider-man 3 had three villains so let's have like four in amazing spider-man 2 or maybe just three but we're setting up the sinister six but then in no way home i mean you get pretty close to having like the legit real sinister six Mm -hmm. but also let's just talk about like the rules of like the spell and why these villains are here in the first place like either a they died to spider-man or b they know who Peter Parker is. So Electro, okay. Check. He he died. Mm-hmm. Uh The Lizard, he knew Peter. You know, check. he, also he died. can be here. Yeah. Oh, or did he get cured? No, he died. He died, yeah. Yeah. But uh Sandman. Huh? He didn't yeah. die, but he did know who Peter Parker was. By the end he knew. Yeah, yeah. so he's good. Mm-hmm. Doctor Octopus, I mean he died, yeah. Yeah. Norman, I mean, he knew who Peter Parker was. And he died. And he died. Damn. So actually, whoa. I thought the lizard survived. Let me fact check that real quick. But he knew Peter Parker. Well, I didn't feel he like did it was know a, Peter Parker. Wait, was it an either
0: or or was it both? Um Okay, so no, the lizard did survive in the amazing Spider Man. Cause I thought he got cured.
1: I guess he So with Sandman and with Lizard, like,
0: what's the logic? Like just that they knew or just that they So the The, the logic is that they fought Spider Man and knew who Spider Man was. Why was the lizard the lizard again? Hmm This is where your comment about it being forced fits in.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted... We were investigating so deeply I forgot what the whole investigation was about.
0: Well, no, you're right because I I don't know why he's there if he didn't die. So I was confused because in The Amazing Spider-Man 1, spoiler, Gwen Stacy's dad, the cop, dies. Yeah. So that's what I was confusing it with. But no, he was cured. You're right. He was cured. So, yeah. Just very forced, I guess. I don't know.
1: I don't know I just basically all I'm saying Is like it's it's a nitpick in the Grand scheme of things because they can't really Ruin the movie but it's just no. like They feel kind of shoved in there Yeah. Uh, especially Sandman I like
0: it, he's a good guy Like by the end of the movie too yeah. Like, and I, his reason for being bad in the movie is very hard for me to grasp. Mm-hmm. But then again, the whole time he was like, I will go see my daughter. Yeah. And that was, so he said that like six times. I was like, okay. Yeah. It was pretty weak. It reasoning. was. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you can say it all you want, buddy, but okay.
1: Will, yeah, Willem Dafoe definitely stole the show um, in terms of the villains. I think uh, they borrowed a lot of good elements from previous storylines, like PS4 Spider-Man showed up in like the best way, and by that I just mean like they killed Aunt May. Yeah. Like in in yeah. the in the game they killed Aunt May, and in this movie they killed Aunt May. And I thought that was pretty ballsy. I'm like, I've seen it before, liking it here.
0: Right. Pretty cool. Uh Yeah. Listen, for M the MCU to kill Aunt May, mm-hmm. I was just shocked. I was like, when when that fucking glider came in and yeeted her across the room I thought, oh, typical Marvel. She's just gonna be yeeted and she's fine. And she fucking fell down. She started dying and I literally, like, sat up in my seat I was like, are they about to fucking kill Aunt May? I couldn't believe it because it's fucking Disney. It's Disney yeah. Marvel. They never do fucking anything ballsy like that. No, they I was kill like, characters. holy shit. And then by the end of it, I realized that, like, I see it now. This trilogy is Peter Parker becoming Spider Man. It's like his, you know. Whereas we thought Homecoming is like him becoming Spider Man, and the other two movies are like him just dealing with him being. But no, this whole trilogy was about him coming into his own. And by the end, I was just like, well, well, I fucking loved that. (laughs) Like it's good. Like I, that's why I appreciate the screenplay so much. Is because I thought they nailed it. Like time after time after time throughout this entire script up to the fucking green goblin fight at the end which was fucking goaded by the way i thought it was incredible i I really appreciate what they did with this character and it really aired out a lot of grievances i had with the with the spider-man character in the mcu so far
1: yeah so yeah i think they i think they did a lot to bring peter parker uh, into his own finally for sure like the the crutch of iron man is like almost completely forgotten and I've never been someone who's like really been up in arms about Iron Man being like involved but like it is satisfying to see him you know have to do things on his own now Mm -hmm. you know like seeing Tom Holland like grow up in front of our eyes in a way it's it's really fucking neat and it's something that the Sam Raimi trilogy like in theory tried to do with the first Spider-Man movie but I think that got fleshed out and seen a lot more in this trilogy here right, right. um i will say though i do feel like um a lot of elements of the tom holland trilogy were thrown out for this movie to make it seem more like a Raimi or mm-hmm. Ramy movie <laughs> a Ramy or Raimi movie yeah Sorry, that was a silly sentence <laughs> but you know like the first two movies were like funny you know like and yeah. this was still funny mm-hmm. but like they were like almost like supposed to be just comedies you know and like i get that this one went for a darker tone but what i mean is like characters who had been more present in the first two movies were kind of thrown out the window and i know that a lot of people didn't like them but like i don't know i thought the coach and stuff and the teacher were pretty fun and cute Mm -hmm. in the first two movies and I would have liked to have seen more of them. They had just that one scene where they came back. Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie was pretty like, just drive the plot forward. Yeah. Uh, and it for the most part, except for Ned and MJ abandoned Tom Holland, like characters in favor of mm-hmm. Raimi and Garfield characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. I guess I should say Raimi and Webb, but like right. the fact that Mark Webb directed Amazing Spider-Man, like never comes up. It's like it's,
0: perfect casting Mark Webb yeah (laughs) casting they can't beat that thing
1: yeah for sure John Watt I think also maybe got a little bit better in this movie he did a bit more visually interesting
0: um, I have such a bone to pick with that man yeah I mean he is working within the MCU I get it but his first two Spider-Man films man most visually uninteresting fucking stagnant shit ever I don't know, but this one felt different. Yeah. Well, there's
1: just really, like, a shot I can remember, which is more than I can say for the first two movies, but, like, when Peter Parker's, like, standing in the rain and stuff, yeah. and, like, it's, like, kind of, like, a high frame rate. That shit was pretty dope. Like, I remembered that. But, like, for the most part, it's still pretty bland, the yeah. way things are shot. Like, the way that the Green Goblin reveal, it's, like, so static-looking. Mm-hmm. And, like, when... They come through, like, the strange portals, yeah. especially. That shit just looks, like, flat and weird. I don't know yeah. what it is.
0: Yeah, and then also Chris, I Chris Stuckman's review. I remember him saying, like, like what you said about the Green Goblin reveal. He's like, does Willem Dafoe not deserve, like, a pan up? A tilt up to reveal? Does he not deserve that? I'm like, you yeah, know, you're fucking right. They really <laughs> just
1: do put the camera, like...
0: Yeah. <laughs> they,
1: like... There would never be a handheld like camera sequence in a Marvel movie. Like,
0: was there not one in in this one? Handheld towards the beginning when they were when he was. Oh right, when he's yeah. flying. Oh my gosh, that yeah, was pretty cool. It was. I do. I specifically am thinking of the shot when Electro shows up and Spider Man's like. Flying through the forest. Oh, and that also shot was cool. the
1: shot of him with his spider sense going off and like oh that's the that green sequence, Goblin that sequence was actually my favorite that from was the movie. So dope as fuck, bro. That was before it. Maguire and Garfield showed up. And yeah, that was probably my favorite moment. Just like honestly, the whole Aunt May death sequence and everything mm-hmm. that happened after was really good. I would say the first part of the movie was like. Uh, not as good. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the rounding up the villains mm-hmm. was pretty. The first thirty to forty-five minutes like of the movie, the fetch quest is weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't really like the strange multiverse setup. Like mm-hmm. honestly, I I just like him being in the movie so that we can get those
0: consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get villains coming through, and we can get. Still not fully convinced that he would ever do that. That his character would do that, but. I'll I don't take know. it. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. He,
1: he's just in the movie because it's a connected universe, and
0: they needed to bring the villains in somehow.
1: Like honestly, Marvel, like Sony's original plan was to break from Marvel and go back to having it in just like their own Spider-Man universe.
0: Right.
1: It wouldn't have changed the story very right. much. Like the only people they would have lost would be Daredevil, yeah. as the lawyer, and they would have lost. Uh, fucking. Oh shit. I can't even remember. Oh, Doctor Strange and, yeah, and yeah, Wong.
0: Wong. I'm sorry, what a stupid fucking cameo that Daredevil was. That uh, was the one part where I was like, okay, please. That's just
1: pure fan service. That's what that, I mean. It's yeah. like the first part of the movie and the fucking cringe shit, like when they quote the memes, like, I, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself.
0: Okay, but I capped at that. <laughs> I'm not gonna I know, it it was stupid, but it I,
1: didn't like really strike me as like the right time to be saying that phrase. No. Like it was just more forced than right, right. it needed to be. That was what broke it for me. Yeah. Um I'm just gonna say, as as much as I enjoyed the movie though, I like I said, it never really reaches past heights. And specifically I wanna say into the spider verse did it first and it did it better like i like this concept of spider-man coming from the multiverse to team up with someone who's going on a character growth journey in a more vibrant than usual way Mm -hmm. uh i just liked it better when it was miles morales and peter Mm -hmm. b parker and god help that you get silly with the concept of a multiverse like into the Spider Verse wasn't afraid to have literally fucking John Mulaney be a pig Spider Man yeah, or Nicolas Cage be like a noir Spider Man. Noir Spider
0: Man is fucking dope.
1: Yeah, like that movie is so much fun, and it's not limited by this like boring like Marvel like uh, you know things got to stay grounded or recognizable. Like we got to be able to.
0: That's my fingers. Oh, so okay. Sorry. So I was, was like, drumming. So what is going
1: on? Because <laughs> the vibrations are coming. Like right to where oh I'm that's weird you're <laughs> your fingers um so i don't i don't know if you agree with me on that but like i just feel like especially with the villains in this movie it's asking you to look back and remember heights when really i think that spider-man 2 is a better mm-hmm. movie of spider-man fighting doc ock and also, you know, having to face real life struggles like paying rent and, yeah. you know, balancing classes and his relationship. Like, they hint at that in Tom Holland, Spider Man, but they right. never commit to it. It's almost like a look, we're trying to please the Raimi crowd yeah, by yeah. introducing those serious elements. This movie reads to me like a survey, you know, like they went on Twitter and read what fans whatever shit fans said they wanted in the movie and right. they were like we're going to just make the budget enough to get all of these wish fulfillment requests done and i mean in a way it's satisfying but it also just feels so machine and like mm-hmm. corporate too
0: yeah I don't of know. course i mean but i'm not going to say the spider-man fans were wrong this time because a lot not. of the decisions they made in this film i think were the right ones especially yeah. the fucking ending the the whole the diner or the fucking bakery shop sequence with yeah MJ, that was I was like oh my god what, what this is like a whole new uh, MCU I'm seeing right now they are actually doing shit that makes sense and that's actually good for like a ch- like it's actually so like character driven and good and I'm just I don't know I was very surprised by it
1: um, I. And I get what you're saying, because I I was surprised that I liked it, because I did famously predict it could be bad. Right. Well, which I, was I, totally I mostly expect- like questioned. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. 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 Luke was saying like, "Oh, you were so wrong," and I'm like, "Well, I also expected that it might be good. I don't know. Well, I, like, I'm not trying to be the weatherman of like movies. Yeah. You know, I know like yeah. <laughs> if I haven't seen them, I don't know if they're gonna be good or right. bad. You can only predict." Uh, Yeah, and you can only take a gander when the critical reviews come out. You still really don't know. Like, especially with Marvel movies. Like, with the high percentage of just, like, they're pretty okay. And translating to Rotten Tomatoes as, this movie is a 90%. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, But, fuck, what was I going to say? But, honestly, I'm kind of surprised. But, Matrix 4 has me kind of thinking about this movie a bit more cynically Because I think they're kind of opposites Like this movie is definitely You know in the camp that like Art and stories belong to the fans Mm -hmm. Here's their narrative That they want We're we're listening Here you go Whereas Matrix 4 is like a movie that says uh, This is my story um, And because I am so passionate About it And I want to do it right It will be unapologetically mine yeah, and deeply personal. And I I find that, you know, even though this movie is probably more, like, is, like, manufactured to be more entertaining throughout its runtime, like, yeah. that my respect does go more to movies that dare to be personal and, you know, not as satisfying. Like, can you imagine... Like, a movie like Pig is the antithesis of fucking Spider-Man No Way Home. Right, right. And I'm just saying, like... I do I do think that they did it well with mm. this movie. I just think that there's no risk involved and yeah. you can't really achieve greatness in storytelling if you're not trying to tell a story that some 30-year-old guy thought sounded neat on Twitter. Yeah. You know? Like and that's just how I see it and I know that it's it was executed well and that the Spider-Man were awesome and Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina especially We're really good. Um, But I don't know. I think that I still see it through kind of a cynical lens, even though I like it.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Well, it's hard to... I'm at a crossroads right now with the MCU because... or Not with the MCU. With Disney. um, Because of just the stupid fucking shit that they've done all year. Um, I mean, as you saw... Uh, the box office, um, I saw a tweet that was really funny, but also really fucking scary, uh, where Spider-Man had raked in all this ungodly money, and then Nightmare Alley and West Side Story bombed. And the person was like, wow, good day for Disney, but also bad day for Disney and Disney. It's like, they own everything at the box office, and it is... Infuriating that we have people like Guillermo del Toro and Spielberg that are putting out movies in the same year, in the same month. Um, And that are right now being pretty much critically acclaimed Not Mayor Alley, not so much as West Side Story West Side Story is pretty much being universally praised right now As Spielberg's best in years And it absolutely flopped at the box office So much that I think they only showed it at our Conway Cinemark For like a weekend, and then it went away I don't know if it's still playing anymore That's fucking crazy And they they sold out all the theaters for Spider-Man No Way Home And it's now ranked over a billion dollars Which... Listen, I know we've still got about we still gotta talk about the matrix. There's there's no time cap on these fucking episodes, y'all. Y'all are here to discuss and hear, but I really have to say something that is very frightening to me is, is I think all of us were operating on the assumption that the box office had been lower because of the pandemic. Spider Man No Way Home just absolutely obliterated that entire thought process. A billion fucking dollars in twelve fucking days still in the pandemic. That is that is absolutely insane. it that, that those are like pre-COVID numbers. Yeah, for a Spider-Man movie, and I'm sure it would be a little bit higher if it was still pre-COVID. But I highly fucking doubt it. I a billion in 12 days sounds pre-COVID, but it is not. It is still in the pandemic, and that has me worried for original fucking or for studio films that are not fucking Disney. That yeah. is that is insane, and it really it like when i saw that it had made a billion dollars and i saw what west side story had done and what the matrix was doing i was like holy shit uh this is bad this is really bad yeah. um and it's really scary because this is this is where we're uh where we're headed with the box office and um i don't know it's also it's breeding a culture that is so fucking annoying i mean there's way more problems with it other than they're annoying but seriously it's um it's scary. And even though Spider Man No Way Home is good, we, we unanimously agree, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Um man, a billion fucking dollars. I, I don't just, know. I just don't like the
1: alternative, like, you know, it's not that I resent Spider Man No Way Home for anything that it particularly is doing. Just I weep not weep. Sorry, I'm being so dramatic. I <laughs> Well, I, I weep. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I I'm like very upset to think that other movies that like are more personal and grounded and risky and Mm -hmm. you know their new ips original stories yeah i i worry that you know corporate like fucking movie studios are taking all the wrong messages away that we want Uh everything to be you know another sequel or another reboot with like a bunch of cameos like that's good you know like that's fine. It's fine that movies like that happen, but I hate that that's the only option now mm-hmm. and this is something that I think is a good segue into Matrix 4 a yes. little bit is like I just think it's so annoying how fucking entitled fans are becoming because of this because there's only one type of movie succeeding at the box office these days yeah and fans have taken it to mean like you know we need to be pleased that's what. Benefits a movie in terms of success and critical mm-hmm. reviews, and uh, our approval of it is if they listen to us, mm-hmm. appeal to us, and so when a movie like Last Jedi or Matrix Four comes out, I I always want to walk into it on its side because I don't think that a movie has to be for everyone, right? You know, like no, I think that you should be able to connect with the piece of art if you like it if it makes you think of things that you the individual like the mm-hmm. thing about like these marvel movies and these endless sequels and blockbusters is that they're taking they're just analytics they're looking at some of the most profitable mm-hmm. and well-liked IPs and they're remaking them and pumping them out there so that more People will go, ah, that was pretty okay. And we're mm-hmm. not getting too many movies that make us go like, wow, that really blew my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing's mind-blowing anymore. There's no, like, spectacle. And I, and I think that's pretty ironic that Matrix 4 is coming out in this time. Because I think the Matrix franchise represents, you know, groundbreaking originality and, and um, hope. For like filmmaking and, mm-hmm. and original ideas, like I think at that time, the idea of super superhero IPs was exciting because it was a way for like people to tell these nerd stories that hadn't really been heard before. Yeah, but now that's all there is. Yeah, you yeah. know the nerds have made it so unfun because <laughs> yeah. their movies are the only ones that get their stories continued.
0: Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. I and I, I, there's there was never there's never been a more perfect time um, for the Matrix Resurrections to come out. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, um, a YouTuber who I, I used to watch frequently, um, that now I'm like, man, you're a little bit more illiterate than I th- originally thought you were. And I, I still like him. It's Jeremy Johns. Oh, I figured you were gonna say Jeremy Johns. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, listen, Jeremy Johns is not like. An idiot he's not a bad person or anything I I like Jeremy John's stuff but he is More he's gonna watch the big Movies that come out he's not really an art house fellow Kind of like Chris Stuckman is Uh, But he Said something in his top 10 Worst movies or he said they were Top 10 most disappointing movies really for Him Um, and the Matrix Resurrections Was among them and He said listen if this If Lena Wachowski Directed this as a big middle finger To Warner Brothers And as, like, basically a, a counter, you know, to the sequels and reboots and stuff, he's like, then I'm all for it. And I'm like, Jeremy, that is exactly what this fucking movie is. Yes. And people seem to somehow be fucking missing that. It is right there in front of your eyes in this movie. And that is why, in my review on Letterboxd, I said, it is bad, but it is very, very good. And that's what's so good about it because, like, yeah, the story you can see as a sequ- as most sequels go, as we've been conditioned for reboot sequels, yeah, it's not what you would want. But what it actually is is so much better than what you could actually want, and that's why I think is really good. Um, yeah, and I think like I mean, yeah, just getting into the Matrix Resurrections, I think it's fucking brilliant. I think it's awesome um, that this yeah. was able to be made, uh, especially by Lena. Um, I think it's like the only reasonable continuation of the story because it's sort of like an epilogue and it's sort of like like a lot of people have said, it's a reclamation. It should be called Mm -hmm. Matrix Reclamation. Yeah. It's taking it back from the the, the hyper-obsessed, quote-unquote, fans that have misinterpreted um, the Wachowski sisters' story and made it into some um, wrongful on the wrong side of the poll poll the political spectrum obviously yeah. uh because
1: uh, i mean it's it's been famously used
0: by like the right wing
1: a yeah. lot um red pilling is red-pilling, a concept yeah. online um that i think the wachowski is famously like i was gonna try and find the specific tweet but I like one it. time like yeah jared kushner or something retweeted it and was like truth that it was like take the red pill, wake up, sheeple, or something. And Lana Wachowski was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he
0: just quotes her and said, fuck
1: you. This movie was the ad- adaption of, yeah, that, of tweet. that
0: tweet. Yeah, of that tweet,
1: yeah. Adaptation, my bad. Yeah. Sorry, not adaption. Fuck me. It's right. it's I'm a, illiterate. It's okay. I'm illiterate. It's okay. Um, no, I, I agree with you fully that, well, like, I like a lot of the ideas, and especially I like The direction it went in terms of being, uh, you know, a continuation of the Matrix story, like it was the only way. Yeah, like I just can't think of another way to really go about it without just being, Mm -hmm. you know, a Marvel movie for (laughs) the Matrix. You know, yeah, yeah. Like you could, you could have all the beats. Um, Shit, I just kind of want to jump into spoilers. My spoiler-free thoughts is, it's good as a meta-narrative especially, mm-hmm. I think that it suffers from being a Matrix sequel.
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't even say it suffers. I think it su- we suffer because the the audience, the, um, what is it? It's Okay, it's the expectations of what some people have put on a Matrix sequel that is annoying to me. It's not really that it... I don't think it really suffers that it's in the Matrix world. Like, yeah, um, I'm happy to be back in that world, um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the continuation of sequel plot lines Mm -hmm. from two and three that I never really loved. I honestly watched a recap. I want to watch them, but I just I haven't seen um, them, so I watched a recap.
1: I watched them back in the day. Like, I want to give them another shot because a lot of like cool film people are like oh, you know, they were actually kind of ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. And, like, rewatching this did make me want to go back and see it. Right, for but sure. But I also was remembering a lot of elements that I didn't like about the original Matrix trilogy, specifically in 2 and 3, mm-hmm. that I'll, some of this reminded me of. I'll just say that the first 45 minutes were the most exceptional of this movie. And, so let's just jump into spoilers. Go in yeah. as blind as possible and Matrix. Form your own opinion. Yeah,
0: t- my spoiler-free thoughts on Matrix Resurrections is watch it and and decide if you like it or not. And whatever you decide will, is going to be all right as long as you're not missing the point. But yeah, so let's jump into spoilers. Yeah, um, I, We'll probably be talking spoilers for the rest of the episode. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to hear spoilers, we will see you next week for our top 10 or w- top whatever of 2021. So, uh... I'll just
1: say I like the new Morpheus. I don't love the new Smith.
0: You don't like Jonathan Groff. I
1: like Jonathan Groff's performance. Oh, okay. This is something that surprised me. I kind of see where Jeremy Johns is coming from on this. Oh, really? Where where him sharing the Agent Smith name and being that character doesn't really do much for the plot. It could have very easily been a new guy. And I think... It should have been because this movie is asking you to implant their previous relationship, and you just never see it because they're way different takes on the character. True. I like well. Okay, here's what I'll say. I I really like how modernized The Matrix becomes in this. Like, I think it's a dazzling effect that you kind of wonder what's real and what's not in the first forty five minutes. Like. Mm -hmm bitch, they had me tricked that yeah. maybe the whole first three movies were just video games. <laughs> like Maybe it's just Lana Wachowski doing a semi-autobiographical attempt at making a Matrix 4. And honestly, that's where I was the most entertained was the focus group. Neil Patrick Harris kind of pulling the wool over Keanu Reeves's eyes that whole time that Fucking awesome white rabbit sequence where he's just taking more and more mm-hmm. blue pills. I'm like to the best song ever. Yeah, <laughs> over that one scene. pill mm-hmm. makes you copyright. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was good. And Alice. <laughs> oh god damn it! That song fucking slaps. Mm. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad that
0: it was featured in the movie in its entirety. uh Did okay. I I also love that she added a post credit scene. Oh, with the cat tricks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. um I didn't end up sitting
1: through it for the movie, but then I found out about it and looked at it on HBO Max. And I was like, whoa!
0: Just a tiny, like, fifteen second, like, post credit scene. But I, I only thought there'd be a post credit scene from what the rest of the movie was like. I'm like, yeah. bro, I bet, I bet they fucking did it. And sure enough, they did it, and it was, it was funny. Um, because that's a total riff on,
1: like, how Marvel movies, yeah. Like, because it's always like uh this is how we're going to continue the story in future installments. Right. And this is just like the cat tricks. Yeah, yeah right?
0: I I think... Um, well, I read a, I read an interview with Lena talking about how... Because um, Warner Brothers had, previ- had been for years trying to get her to do a sequel. They at least wanted her blessing to do one. And she refused and refused. And then finally, I read... Um, an interview with her, and she said after her her brother had died and her father had died, mm. um, and she was like in a just a grieving process. I think it was just their parents. Their parents, yeah. Had died. Okay, so both it was, of their parents, their, had died. yeah. Both of their parents had died, and she was like in this grieving process, and she was like laying down crying one night, and then she just thought about the characters, and then she thought. Well, what if? What if I did do it? And so she like kind of thought, and an idea came to her, and she called basically Keanu Reeves and Carrie Moss up, and she was like, "What about it?" And fucking Keanu's like, "But I died." And she was kind of like, "That really doesn't matter." And that's what I fucking love about this movie is because they don't—they do explain. Mm-hmm. But I don't care that he's back because, like I said, this feels like an epilogue. I'm gonna go ahead and say. This this movie was not ever meant to be canon. Nah. This was just her coming back and basically saying "fuck you," taking it back for herself um, and for you know the people that you know actually, you know the where the first movie actually really identified with them a lot, especially with the trans allegory um, within the first movie. Even the sequels apparently, um, yeah. Uh, just you know, and, and and it being, I don't know. It's just and it's a love story between Neo and Trinity, and I feel like. You know the war with it's not focused on what the other three films were focused on to the point where it's showing you clips from the first movie overlapped onto this movie, which I thought was just so like, what the fuck? Like, why are we doing this every sequel? Like, I don't know. It's so it's so different and it's so non-conforming. And I was so surprised that Warner Brothers let that that bit in about. With uh, Jonathan Groff's agent Smith talking to him about, yeah, Studio Warner Brothers, yeah, name dropping them, name dropping them, and 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 that would never happen with Disney, you know. But uh, and whether Warner Brothers thought it was just like Lena being like friendly with them, which she's really probably not, yeah. Um, it's still it's still amazing that this just like exists like it does, and that's why I love it. Um, so yeah, I just had to, yeah,
1: I. Yeah, I think I just, I really will champion this movie because, Mm -hmm. like, I do love that it exists the way it is right now. Like, I think that's awesome. And I think that I want more movies like this because Mm -hmm. they're clever and they have me thinking about them still like days after well just a day, day but i know i'm gonna still be thinking about I'm it i'm still thinking week. about it oh. and like i want to rewatch it and that's something <laughs> i wouldn't have <laughs> expected from matrix sequel because honestly two and three are movies that i have not really thought about rewatching mm-hmm. until this one came out and made right. me kind of reconsider i will say that i'm conflicted because there are a lot of elements about this movie i do not care for I think the visual effects are kind of bad. like people have been saying, I do think the action sequences are not nearly as well choreographed or memorable as mm-hmm. uh, the, the original matrix. I mean, you could probably map out like the fights in those movies like move by move. And I think, you know, this movie wasn't really trying to be an action movie. And so when it did veer off into that territory, I didn't love it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and it made me kind of wish the whole movie had kind of just gone full-blown meta because that was my favorite stuff mm-hmm. about it. And really, just the stuff that was like, you know, back in the real world with, like, world, the humans. Yeah. And, you know, it reminded me of Zion from the sequels a little mm-hmm. bit with Io, which I will say, something I love about this movie, though, is it took the interesting concepts and kept fleshing them out. Like, I love the little, like, The fact that programs can manifest in the real world, and there's like little ball robots, and like that they're growing like crops and shit because they have digital data. Like, these are all very interesting ideas. And the idea that machines would turn on each other, too, and that there's these little like subsections of of machine like factions, like, that's dope as fuck. And also, I just really, really love the modernization of the matrix itself like Mm -hmm. the tricks getting more clever and especially Neil Patrick Harris's like monologue about like human nature and like feeling like surprisingly good in a villain role not super intimidating but like I like where they're coming from with this look at him and it kind of reflects to me like the you know the the right wing kind of like media suave people they're all like very charming about their like racism and controlist like ideas. Also, the the people um, throwing themselves as bombs was pretty dope. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say other than that. that it looks really cool. That
0: <laughs> sequence is <was laughs> dope as hell. Yeah, they're just like. I, I, I will say I, um, I do agree with you that the action wasn't as good. The CGI fights and stuff weren't as good. But again, like. It's fine for me because it's not about that. This this particular Matrix yeah. movie isn't really about that, and I was completely fine with that. There was enough action in it to be like, this feels like a Matrix movie, but also it's it's not about that. And like I, the best way I could say it's an epilogue. It's it's a note from the author, like at yeah. the end of the book, like no, you know, author's note. That's what the Matrix Resurrections is for me, and that's I, I like it just just like that, just how it is. And I agree, I do agree. I really want to rewatch it. Like I didn't yeah. expect to want to rewatch it because. The Matrix is a movie for me. Like, I've been like, yeah, it's good. I, I loved it when I watched it. I've had no urge to revisit it though. But with this film, I'm just like, I'm about to go binge all of them now, like front to back. For real, it just it's just so interesting, and you've got all this new, this new like three new lenses to look at it through. Ever you know since um, they the directors transitioned, even they were still, mm-hmm. you know, going by. Uh, I can't even remember. They were going was. by the Wachowski brothers. Wachowski now brothers, they're the
1: Wachowskis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's just, it's like you have whole new lenses to look at that through. And I think the the focus on Trinity in this movie especially uh, yeah. kind of completes the whole allegory, you know, for me.
1: I I love, I love that they gave Trinity, like, honestly, I feel like Trinity got short shrift in, in the original trilogy in terms mm-hmm. of like character development. And I felt like, the focus on her and kind of like writing some of those wrongs for her character right. making her powerful like I, I really liked that and I liked I liked the the idea that these two characters need to be together like the romance mm-hmm. was kind of silly in the original matrix but it's sweet it's like I do yeah. want them to do anything right. to get back yeah, together yeah. and it's nice to see them I think it's so funny that they named the husband Chad though <laughs> yes That's... <laughs> that's just pretty good like it i is, think yeah. that's just to be funny yeah know? i like it a lot right
0: right <laughs> it was funny i so didn't yeah. even catch it till i was on twitter after and i was like oh shit his name was chad they like, said his name a lot so yeah. that's why i was like oh my god it just never registered with me i was like yeah. okay his name is chad and then i saw it on twitter and i was like okay in this context i understand now you right, clicks i like yeah. yeah
1: i do you think that they were going for like making more like do you think that the ending signifies more sequels or is like a you know a final
0: like wrap up i think it's a final wrap up i think warner brothers will try to squeeze more matrix movies with different characters Mm -hmm. um and i don't want them to do that and i hope that they i really hope they don't because i really want this to be the end of the matrix forever i want this to be it i want this i want us to look back on these four movies with, well, maybe just the first one and the fourth one. Maybe I don't know if your feelings on the second and third one. But the, the the series as a whole, I want it to be looked back with fondness and be like, ah, yes, this was a.
1: That was the ice maker.
0: Oh, okay, um, you could say like, okay, this is a complete text, and we can we can evaluate it like so, and it's not ever changing with reboots and sequels and stupid fucking spinoffs. I don't want all that shit. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like it's a, it ends on a pretty finite note. Yeah. Um, but you know, studios, they have their way of doing shit. I just hope that they don't. I, I
1: am worried cause it's bombing right now. It only made 12 million. I looked it up. It cost 200 to, to make, you know, who knows how much it took to market.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well it globally it made. It oh. made, it's made about a hundred, I think. Almost. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'll double check. Thank boxers. God. Okay. Yeah. No, um, I was
1: worried it was bombing, and if it no, bombs
0: domestically, it was sixty-nine million last time I checked.
1: Well, I'm worried if it succeeds because they might take it as like a oh, well, make more now, right? Uh, and, and like, I want the Wachowskis to be able to make like other movies. Like, they clearly want to make other movies. It's just mm-hmm. sad because ever since The Matrix, they've only made flops. Like, Jupiter Ascending didn't make any fucking money. Cloud Atlas was disappointing.
0: But, uh, well, Speed Racer. Yeah, Speed uh, Racer. But with this
1: movie, I hope they are considering the HBO Max subscribers. Like, most people I've talked to watched
0: it on HBO Max. I did watch it on HBO Max, just because I don't know when I'm going to get to go to the theater again, and we needed to talk about it, and I was really excited to watch it. So I was like, you know what, I don't think Lena Wachowski cares anyway. No, I don't think I don't think they do. And also,
1: uh, Keanu Reeves said that he didn't care. Yeah, he was like, "I watch, watch
0: it at home if you have to." Um, so, two point eight million HBO Max subscriber households watched it, um, uh-huh. and then the box office. So I, I think, okay, so it's a miserable twelve million Friday to Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. twenty two point five million. Domestic debut with a 65 million and counting global cube. Okay, so, okay, I was a little bit off. So, uh, I would wager it's almost 100 million by now because these are a little bit old, older numbers, but um, yeah, 100 million global is not good. Not good at all for a $190 million budget Matrix fucking sequel 15, 16 years after the last one. Like, normally that's a recipe for, like, fuck yeah, you know, like, Normally it would be. Because, I mean, we had a few of those in 2021, right? Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know, though. But all I know is that I don't think Lana Wachowski gives a fuck. Um, I know I don't. Um, If it... Like, obviously I want it to succeed. But honestly, everybody that I care about for that movie has already been paid. It's just Warner Brothers that I don't give a shit about getting paid. Um, And since it is a... Since it is technically a sequel, reboot, whatever... Kind of going with my original statement that I think we need more original IP. um, It's okay for me if it bombs because it it did what I think she wanted it to do. I don't think really she was... Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe she wants it to succeed. I don't fucking know. But all I know is that everybody's been paid by now. It's just Warner Brothers that wants their money. And if they don't get it from the Matrix, that's totally fine. They need to move on to fucking something else. I don't want them to mess with this fucking this this ip yeah just just let it be dead yeah yeah yeah. like this was a good author's note and now it's done like forever like stop so but yeah
1: i i i I guess you could say i was left smiling and satisfied by the matrix revolutions and that that is what she said
0: revolutions Re-
1: oh, resurrection! Okay. Revolutions I was is sure the you... third one. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh, yeah. how embarrassing! <laughs> I, I I looked at my letterbox note today, and I and I had typed Ma- Matrix Resu- Revolutions as the uh, the title of that, and I instantly um, you know took my film badge away, <laughs> and threw it in the threw garbage. In the garbage. <laughs> I said, I can't I can't be no. in this club anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this game's gotten too big for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too big. Um wow, yeah, this was this was a long one. I mean, we had our hiatus, obviously. Yeah. I'm so it was really always itching. gonna be long. I think next week is gonna be long too. Oh yeah.
0: I can't wait for next week though. It's uh, gonna be so good. We are gonna talk our
1: ten favorite films of the year that we've seen, obviously.
0: Yeah, my list is looking pretty morbid right now. Yeah, but I'm gonna try and catch Licorice Pizza this week. Same. Um, uh,
1: might watch Annette, you know, might oh, try yeah. and get that in. Uh, I'm just going to be real. I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch Red Rocket before the year's oh, over, and that's know. one that I'm super hyped for, so I would have liked to have seen it, and I want to try and see Power of the Dog before we do this video. Oh, please. please currently, please. my top 10's looking pretty spicy. Can't wait to share. Yeah. Uh, this was a pretty interesting year for movies, and I liked a lot of them about the same, so it was really hard to put them in order.
0: Yeah, I'm just... This has been an alright year for movies for me. I've been pretty... Um, honestly, the most, the biggest difference I see between my list right now or my ranked so far and other people's ranked is the Green Knight is like in everybody's at least top ten, at least yeah, some top, most times top five, and it's like number sixteen or eighteen on my fucking list, man. I just so I haven't enjoyed a lot of the same movies that other people have uh, this year, but by next week I will have want to have watched these are these are my on my immediate watch list. It is Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Mitchell's in the Machines, Last Night in Soho, um, The Last Duel, Annette, Lamb, Spencer. Oh, I want to see Spencer. Yeah. I forgot about... Fucking um, you can rent it on Vaughn and right Lam, now. too. Um, Cry Macho, Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, and King Richard. Oh, and I do want to watch Don't Look Up. I don't know how many of those I'm going to get into. Licorice oh, Pizza West Side as well, Story. of course, and West Side. There's so much that I, I haven't seen, but I definitely, for sure, for sure, for sure, Tick, Tick, Boom, Cry Macho, Lamb, Spencer, and Annette. And we have a lot of
1: time before the Oscars, and we can always make a. We can always like, make like, I will. I would love to come out and be like, hey— I saw this movie. It totally shakes up the top 10. Oh yeah, 21. like I don't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just have limited time in the year to see everything that comes out, and I just like to watch movies when it feels like the right time to see them. I'm, not, I'm right. not a big crunch for the big event guy. I mean, I do it for the Oscars sometimes, but, mm-hmm. you know, I like to enjoy and think about a movie for a for while. sure. Before I move on to the
0: next one. Anyway, for sure. Yeah, top 10 of the year next week. Wow, this will be the second time we've done it? Yeah I have not It's been doing this for a year now and uh wow we've we've got a surprise for y'all. Um yes. come Oscar season. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun. I can't wait. We got a cool little idea. It's gonna be spooky spicy fun. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> so look out for that in March whenever the Oscars Yeah, March, out. February, yeah. who knows? When I think they it's early happen. March. I okay. looked at it, So yeah yeah bro so hopefully we'll i mean i know we'll probably have seen all the oscar films by then um and i have a sinking feeling that don't look up is going to be nominated for a lot of shit and though i haven't seen it i don't think it should be so
1: well i'm uh i'm gonna go back to the sky yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> Fly away, man i have powers <laughs>